0: Turn to Philippians, the third chapter, and of course, I want to say again, not only God is so faithful, but I appreciate the faithfulness of God's people, and uh, your kindness, your generosity, your help, it's uh, it's all of us working together that's going to do what God wants us to do in these last days. I do not believe that we can just keep going the way we're going, amen, and fight the increased battle that the devil's face fighting us with. I think we've got to to increase, amen, with our fire, with our zeal, with our passion, with our prayers, amen, with our faith. Devil's going to fight harder. The Bible tells us that in Revelation 12. He says, knowing his time is short, he's coming with great wrath in the end days. So we are going to have to be on our game. No playing games, no playing church, amen. And uh, we're turning to Philippians 3 again and uh praise god sister daphne just kind of right all over what we're going to be preaching about here tonight but god is just so good to just work through so many great just parts of the service let's pray father thank you thank you for your word thank you for your presence thank you for healing us and meeting needs and blessing us abundantly lord you're just so good Lord, I ask you, please, to just let your anointing be in this house, Lord. You know what we need. You know who needs it most, God. We just want to obey you, Lord. Have your way tonight, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's a humble attitude. Hallelujah! But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. We, uh, we get spoiled. God's good. And there was a warning that God gave through Moses that when you get where you're going, And God's blessing you like He said He was going to bless you. Take heed that you don't get satisfied. Fill up on the blessings of God and and just allow yourself, can I just say it this way, to get casual, lukewarm. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul was an anointed man. He was a man that God used mightily. But he still had this attitude that said, I don't count that I have gotten this. I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm pressing towards the mark. There's got to be something in us that keeps reaching forward. Amen. I'm not talking about a guilt trip. Don't get me wrong. I know that there are folks that I've dealt with already that oh, I can't ever do enough. It's never enough. I'm so worthless. No, no, no. God's good and God's faithful and God's, God's called you into this. He cares about you. But don't ever get satisfied. It Don't ever get to a place where where you're not reaching forward and, and trying to get as much at God as you can. Amen. Praise God. He said, I press toward the mark. I, I've seen too many folks, and I think this is what really has kind of set fire to uh, this uh, series that we've been looking at on Wednesday. And I've seen too many folks that I've loved dearly just get satisfied, All right. get to a place where situations and circumstances Sister was leading worship tonight, no matter what the circumstance, Lord, you're good and I'll choose. I'm going to choose to praise you, I'm going to choose to love you no matter what I'm going through. But I've seen folks get their eyes off Jesus, off that that passion and that zeal that and, and lose sight of just how exciting it is to be living and growing in God. And uh, they get tangled up and get snared up in some things and, and end up. Where you never, never would have thought that somebody gets so confused, it's just so turned upside down, and 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 seeming like they they just know this like anybody knows it, and all of a sudden there's just they they've lost out on God. Don't be deceived. Praise God. The Bible says, "If you stand, not if you think you stand. When you're standing, take heed. Take heed, lest you fall." I believe. That it's not just not just when you think you stand, but you you've got something. I've heard people say already. You know, well, well, if if you really fall away, did you really have it to begin with? Uh, I believe you can really have it. Yes. Yeah. I believe Judas really had something. Yeah. Yeah. He was there casting out devils, right. seeing the sick healed with his prayers, right. preaching the gospel. Amen. Right. But you can get distracted with some things and you need to keep your focus on God and, and, and a, in a forward motion, in a pressing toward the mark. People that do well, it doesn't just happen accidentally. You can say all you want. It's not fair. I, the problems I have, nobody else has them. I'm telling you, folks have problems. Amen. Oh, you know, the challenges that I have, nobody folks have challenges. But you can be an overcomer. If you read in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus writes some letters. John is his secretary there, and he's writing letters to churches. Seven churches. All of them have different challenges. But every one of them is told to him that overcometh. You can waste your time saying, well, I don't know if their challenge is like my challenge. God will give you what you need to overcome your challenge. God will give you everything. He'll enable you to get through the battle you're dealing with. God's not just handing out, you know, uh, this much strength and, and this much uh, grace. And then your challenge might not be enough. Listen, God's got what you need. He said, I'm not going to give you anything you can't bear. But with that challenge, with that temptation, I'm going to give you the, the way to get through it, the way to escape. Amen. So we got to keep pressing. No excuses. There's no excuses. You cannot say, well, this is too much for me, too much for the cross. Because God didn't say, you are going to have to have the strength all by yourself. You've got to look to God. He's going to see you through. Amen. So let's back up and look at some context to this pressing towards the mark. Let me say it again. Back up to verse 7. Let me say it again that if you're going to be strong. If you're going to hold on, if you're going to make it, I know there's this uh, carnal idea that, well, you know what, uh, I've heard preachers even say it already. Well, I might not just get all my rewards, but I just want to if I can just get a little cottage in the corner somewhere, if I can just make it through those pearly gates. I don't know that God's just so interested in you saying, God, I don't want to be awesome for you. I don't really want to have be be all that you know and and I reach all the potential that you have in me. Your will being done. If you can just save me and let me kind of struggle along, that's that's not what this Bible teaches. He's coming for a bride. He's coming for somebody who's in love with him. A church that is head over heels in love with him. Amen. Without spot or blemish. That's somebody that's going to be serious about God. But let's look at this. This is so important. Verse 7. You know, Paul came from a very religious background. He came from a, the, he was, he called himself a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Some would say that that probably means he was part of the Sanhedrin. The, the, the uppity ups who did all the judging of the laws of that day and, and the high court, uh, religious court of that day. But he says, what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. You know, God has a way of humbling us. God has a way of taking all of our priorities and all the way we look at things and saying, you know what? You had it backwards now. You had you, you missed it. And he said the things that were important to me, the things that I thought would give me worth. I count them lost now. Yea, doubtless I, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency. There's that idea again, pressing toward the mark. Paul said, I'm, I'm looking for, for excellency in Christ. I want to I live my days excellently for him. Amen. Hallelujah. I just, I, I, it's the way my brain gets ahead of myself. So, But, you know, when we're talking about living for God, how can you do it with excellency? Is there a way that you've been getting bogged down in just reading the word in prayer? That's our tendency. I'm not trying to put any kind of shame on you, but, but, but we need to be able to examine ourselves and say, you know what, what I do, I want to, I want to do excellently for Jesus. Amen. He's a great God and my life is a sacrifice unto him. Now, I know he is the pure lamb. He is the perfect sacrifice for my sins. But the Bible tells us now to present ourselves a living sacrifice. That means what I'm going to do for God, I want to give him my best. And it is an offense to a holy, awesome God to say, I love you so much and I'm so thankful that you saved me and you're going to take me and and going to have me in your heaven forever and ever. Save me from hell. Answer my prayers. Heal me when I'm sick. I'm going to give you, you know, I may have maybe not my best, but I'll give you what's left over after I get what I think is important. That's an offense to when we worship God, when we love God, give him your best. That's matters. Doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ. I just wonder about folks say, Oh, I gave up so much to live for Jesus, and I had this, and I had that, and you start hearing something like, like maybe, maybe they missed some of that, or maybe they think that was valuable. Listen, when you just come to the Lord and give Him your all. You realize you didn't have anything. You were dead in sins and trespasses, the Bible says. And he's given you life. He's given you an abundant life. That's what Paul said. He had a position. Now he's, Philippians is a, is a prison epistle. He's chained up. Right in this, right? Yes, he's chained up. He's not sitting there with a lot of liberties and, and, and freedom. and he's, he's in a, But he said, I, I, I count everything I had before, done just garbage. It's it's nothing to me for what God has given me now. What are we complaining about? Why are we constantly feeling like God gave us a short end of the stick? No, no, no. God's so good. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness. Praise God. You can't you can't earn this. You can't be good enough to earn this. God, God gave you his best, which is of the law. But that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now listen, here's where we're going with this. That I may know him. If you want to do this right, it's in knowing him. You'll hear us talk a lot about relationship, and walking with God, how important that is. What does that mean? What does that mean to you to have a walk with God, to have a relationship with God? To know Him, the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. Not just when everything's going great. The power of His resurrection when you're praying and things are happening and moving and shaking and you're seeing answers and you're seeing miracles. And also in the fellowship of His suffering. That you're walking with Him. That you know Him. Being made conformable unto His death, if by any means. Again, you'll see this same attitude of what we saw in verse 13. Verse 13. About not having apprehended. He said if there's any way I can attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So being. A child of God. Being real. Having his strength. And pressing toward the mark. And having that excellency. It's all. Just. Brought down to knowing him. Knowing Jesus. Walking with him. Close to him. It's not all about you and what you want and what you're praying for and what you need. But but it's about loving him and serving him. You know, it's interesting to me that when you go to the beginning in the book of Genesis and God creates this world and puts man into it, gives him dominion over uh, the earth and puts him in the garden and everything's blessed. There's no sin. There's no no death. There's no sickness and. And all, all those things that go along with, with a fallen world, they're, they're in a paradise. But they did have a choice. Right. God did not leave them without choice. Because if there's no choice, there's really no love. Right. Right. If you don't have a choice, somebody said, well, well, God knew that they were going to fall. So it's no, wait a minute. God gave them everything and gave them a choice because he's looking for somebody that's going to love him. Yes. Looking for somebody that's going to choose him. Right. Amen. Amen. And if you look at it, every, there were so many ways to just do it right. right. Yeah. And only one way to fall. Right. That was the, 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 the setup that they had, if you will. Right. Yeah. They, they could have anything in that garden. Everything was good, was very good. Yeah. And there was just walking with Jesus, knowing him, walking with him, loving him. And they had one place. Where, where they could fail, and they did. But God already, before it ever happened, He gave them the choice. But He already had a way to redeem them. He already had a way to save humanity. Right. Somebody said, "Well, it just you know it was such a setup, you know. Here they have a, a one chance to fall, but He had a way to draw them back. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's the story of the Bible: redemption. Yes. Yes. But now." Let me get to the point. I'm not going to answer every question, certainly, about the garden and uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But now we look around at the situation that we are in, and it's almost an exact opposite. We got so many ways to fail. So many ways to to be lost. The, The way is broad. It's a broad road that leads to destruction. So many different ways you can choose like Joshua said, you could choose the Egyptian gods. You can choose the God here on, uh, on the other side of, uh, of, uh, of the Jordan River in the new land. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Yeah. There's so many things, ways you can be lost. So many ways that you can choose sinful ways, religious ways. But there's just one way to be saved, and it's Jesus. Yeah. That tree of life, the way... God said we're just going to cast them out of this garden. And he had a plan in it all. But we're going to keep the way from the tree of life. And they're going to live forever. But Jesus now comes That I'm the way. I'm the way to eternal life. And, and in him we can have life and, and an abundant life and an eternal life. So we've got to recognize that a lot of different ways. To mess up. A lot of different ways to to be wrong. But to know Him is the answer. And the crazy thing about it is, so all these religious ways, all these sinful ways, they're just a cheap substitute for what Jesus can really do in your life. Real joy. Real peace. Real love. It's in Him. All these other things that are are, are taking the place are, are are such a cheap imitation. Yeah. But to know Him, there's a lot of different ways. And sister was talking about uh, some coming across some uh, some uh, church service, I guess. And we, we we're pretty careful around here. I've I don't really spend a lot of time just just pointing out all the different errors in the land. But I tell you what. The Bible tells us to, the Bible tells us to, to cry aloud and spare not. It's a lot of different things that are going on in the land. A lot of different things in, that, that are appealing in this last day, but it's not getting folks right there to the tree of life. It's not getting us to Jesus. Amen. It's not getting us to the, to know him. It, it, it's more centered around, you know, the church is supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to lead people out of sin and into his kingdom, into his light. Yeah. But now so many of the churches are not the different not the, the, the answer, but they're getting their ideas from the world, from corporate work, world and business practices to try to build their churches. Try, getting it from the, 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 we talked about the other day, the, the, the psychology of trying to, to, to lure people in through marketing rather than just shining the light of Jesus. And rather than saying, hey, we got something different, we've got him, we've got what you need. They're learning from the world, learning from, from the, the, the business world, if you will, to try to tell people about another Jesus, really. We get, we're going to fall away from God if we don't make everything we do about knowing him. That's why Prayer. We talked about it a couple of weeks, and I, I don't want to go back and, and and repeat a lot. But why prayer needs to be more than just a routine. It needs to be time we spend with Him, loving Him, pouring our heart out to Him, listening and paying attention to His Spirit. If you will make it about Him and. Like like we said earlier, letting God speak to you and saying, God, I want you to change my heart. I want you to change my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. He'll lead you. He'll bless you in a better way. He'll answer questions. He'll give you wisdom. He said, we read it in James, the first chapter. You lack wisdom, he'll give it to you, liberally. He'll give you direction. He'll guide you. He'll bless you. When the word of God, when the when the Bible, and when when prayer just becomes a routine, another tradition, if you will, some kind of thing we've got to we've got to just get through, rather than knowing Him. When was the last time you just you know, folks come to church uh, around here and they they get uncomfortable because there's there's honest emotion, there's there's excitement, and when was the last time you just? Just had a heart to heart talk with God. Some of you are saying, What do you mean the last time? That's all I do. That's prayer. That's what how I pray. I don't just let my mind wander. I don't just say words and, and think about other things. I, I talk to God. But sometimes the the when see if I'm gonna sit down and talk to my friend and 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 open my heart and just have that honesty praise god there's it's it's such a such a such an important thing really real honesty you don't really have that with a lot of people in the world you don't have that kind of depth of relationship with just everybody but to be able to just sit down and be be yourself be who you are be vulnerable very few maybe relationships you might have in a lifetime that you can just be that open. But to come in the presence of God, it's even more than that because he's God. He's almighty God. So it's going to affect you. It's going to maybe bring tears or, 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 or just uh, just sometimes the Bible talks about groanings which cannot be uttered. And, and you know, a religious crowd that is used to just a form of godliness is going to be uncomfortable in that they don't know how to deal with that because they're used to you know the same hymns and the same routines and sometimes even prayer books that they're reading out of and and just everything just kind of clean cut in that way and they're not used to that depth of honesty that just sometimes you can't even put into words but we're talking about having a a relationship with god we're talking about being real not talking about a religion not talking about some kind of tradition uh, of trying to, to, to be something that we're not. We're, we're talking about knowing Him. Yeah. To know Him, you're going to have to get through all your pride. Yeah. You're going to have to get through all, break down all of the, the walls that you've put up so carefully throughout your life to try to keep yourself from being hurt and say, God, I trust you today. Yeah. That's why we have the kind of worship. The Bible talks about lifting up hands and talks about uh, having a loud voice and talks about, uh, just so many different aspects of that humble us. That humble us, honestly. That get us out of our religious, self-righteous attitude. And, and when we address the Word of God, when we come to the Word of God, when was the last time that we recognize that this is, this is more than than just a, a book. This is words of life. This is me getting to know what, uh, uh, what the Lord loves and, and what he well, His character, His nature. And, 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 I, and, and it's a love letter to me. He's showing Himself to me that I can know who He is. Because, quite honestly, a lot of people have been lied to about Him. A lot of people have been told there's a lot of things that, that, uh, that don't matter. And then you open up your Bible and start saying, God, wait a minute, I guess that matters. Well, praise the Lord. You know, people, vast majority of people that call themselves Christians never heard a message of repentance, turning away from sin. They've been told that if you say this prayer and repeat this after me or or or, or jo- join our church or ask Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior, and Jesus said to repent. Yeah. Yep. Jesus said, turn away from sin and turn to me. Right. And if you don't do that, you're going to perish with every other sinner that's going to perish without repentance. Right. What, what, I've seen things here recently online where... Where people are, are having studies saying repentance is, is, uh, is dead works. That it's you trying to earn your salvation. Are they calling Jesus a false prophet? Do they know more than what Jesus said now? <laughs> people, people not just saying, not just preaching, leaving it out, but preaching against, turning away from sin. People preaching that baptism has nothing to do with anything that that, that we don't have to worry about. that no, Jesus said, praise God, that we that believe and be baptized, you be saved. He that believeth not will be damned. That's what he said in his word. Amen. In Mark, the 16th chapter, he said that you need to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Hallelujah. When. When. When you know Jesus, when you really know Him, He's your friend, and somebody's telling you, you know what, that don't matter, and Jesus said it, that ought to do something to you. Yes, that, that ought to work on you a little bit. You're lying, and you're lying not only about my God and my friend, but you're telling everybody else lies. Yes, How much? If you love Him, it's going to matter. If you love him and he's your friend and you know him and people are misrepresenting him. Praise God. And don't get me wrong. I'll tell you what. I hear people all the time telling me, you know what? I'd love to see churches get together in this last day. I, I, I pray for unity. But not unity with lies. Not unity with false prophets. Not you, any of the false teachers. I've had a lot of folks say, you know what, I hear what you're saying. This has happened to me more times than I can tell. I've talked, got a hold of a Christian who's excited about somebody who doesn't know a lot, but they're they're really, they're living everything they know that they can live. And kind of like those folks in Acts the 19th chapter, they didn't know everything, but Paul talked to them about the way of God a little more perfectly. Amen. They say, this is good. This is right. I see that. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give your phone number to my preacher. I'm sure he's going to want to talk to you. Right. Right. Not once, right. not once. Right. Yes, Praise God. i tell you what I've. I've accepted invitations. I've sat down with anybody I can talk to. I, I love this word. I love talking about this word. I'm not looking to, to prove somebody wrong. I'm not trying to uh, win a debate. I'm, I, that's not who I am. But I'll tell you what, if somebody wants to get into the word of God and talk about what this book says, I love that. If they could show me something I don't know, praise God, that's my friend. Amen. I'm not out to win an argument or try to prove myself right. I want the word to be right. Amen. And if I'm not right, the word's still right. Praise God. People today talking about the Holy Ghost not being for today. God don't do that anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. There's no miracles anymore. There's no Holy Ghost baptism anymore. How do you take that out of the word of God? And still have a New Testament church? How how can you how can you do that? I'm not here. I know there's people out there in churches that don't have never been taught, and that don't that they're if they're they're sincere, God's going to guide them into all truth. Amen. And I believe that. And we're going to love them, and we're going to reach out to them, but we're not going to act like a lie is the truth. The blind lead the blind, and they both fall in the ditch. Somebody said, well, they're sincere. Sincerity is an important characteristic, but sincerity doesn't make wrong, right, and lies truth. You can be sincerely wrong. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Paul, again in prison, right into Corinth. 2 Corinthians 11. If you're going to love him, you're going to love his word. You're going to want his word preached and you're going to be very sensitive if somebody's telling you a lie. The Bible says the sheep hear his voice because right. we know him. Right. We know him and the Bible says we're not going to follow somebody else. We're not going to hear a lie and, and, and be deceived. We've got to keep in tune with the shepherd's voice. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed, bear with me, for I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Paul's a good teacher, a good apostle, and he, he founded this church, and they were, they just started getting off track in so many different ways. And 1 Corinthians, that whole book is just chapter after chapter of him trying to get them back on track, answering questions that they had as well as just straightening out problems with sin that they were accepting in the church and just so many things that he was dealing with. And 2 Corinthians, they, they got some things squared away but still had some other things that were were wrong. And he said, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy because what he's saying is, I know what God wants for you, and this is the best, and it just bothers me to see you getting pulled away to something that's less than the best. He said, listen, I I have espoused you to one husband. He was a part of the process. Being a preacher of the gospel is saying, I'm going to bring you in to the bride. Amen. That you're going to be married one day. In the marriage supper, the return of Jesus is going to be that union. Amen. Amen. So he uses this illustration of a bride and a bridegroom, and he's going to return and bring his his engaged spa, uh, bride to him. And he said, I espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I want you to be pure for him. I don't want you to be cheating around on him. I want you to be focused. The Bible I was reading this morning out here, I told you on my porch, and, uh, reading in Revelation about that 144,000. The Bible calls them the first fruits, and they must have been those that were coming to God in Jerusalem just in that first century, I believe, unto God. And it calls them virgins. I believe that's talking about they were, they were just pure in God. They weren't cheating around on Him spiritually. They just had a, a love for him and they said, I, I'm not, I'm waiting for him to come and I'm not, I don't got my eyes on the world. I'm not sleeping around, praise God, with sin. Amen. Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to a husband. Right. Amen. Praise God. So look what he says. Verse three, but I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, if you just make up your mind, the Bible's right. Right. Amen. Amen. The Bible's right. I want to know him. It's about loving him. Sin makes things confusing. Praise God. But God is going to, God will open up your understanding. I know there's a lot of talk, there's scriptures about God's mysterious ways. But if you look at all the places in the Bible, it talks about his a mystery. or He, he opens blind eyes. He likes to reveal mysteries. It's mysterious to those that aren't his children. But if you love him, you're going to hear his voice and he's going to lead you. Praise God. Listen, what is, this says. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom you have not preached or if you receive another spirit which you have not received or another gospel which you have not accepted. Yeah. Sadly, he's telling them you might bear well with him. He's telling them you might, you might actually follow that garbage. Right. But he's telling there's other Jesuses being preached. Right. Right. Jesuses that are okay with sin. Hey, if you love God, we said it Sunday, praise God. If you're loving God and you're giving him your whole heart, it's, it's going to start working on you. You're going to want to please him. You're going to love him. You're going to you want him living in your temple. Praise God. You say you rearrange it the way you like it. Amen. Another spirit. Another gospel. Praise God. John 7. John 7. Jesus is. Talking to those. Religious leaders. Well, let's turn back to John 5 first. John five thirty nine. He's telling them, search the Scriptures. Yes. What's the Bible say? Right. Right. Isn't that just simple? What's the Bible say? Right. Yeah, but you know what? I, I'm not uh, real comfortable with that. What's the Bible say? Right. Yeah, but that's not the way I was raised. What's the Bible say? Yes. Amen. Yes, How do... You get so many different denominations and organizations. All these, they say, well, we're all pretty much the same. You can't have one. I'm telling you, there's denominations that are widespread that are saying that that any manifestation of of gifts of the spirit is of the devil. Seriously, they're, they're saying that speaking in tongues is demonic activity. Amen. He say, oh, but we're all the same. How do you get demonic activity and the baptism of the Holy Ghost in agreement? Amen. Yeah. Right? Yes, sir. Amen. Right. Oh, we don't believe it's for today anymore. Can I tell you? That's What's the Bible say? Yes. Yes. What's the Bible say? Yes, sir. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Right. Mm. He's telling them, you think you have eternal life because... You've been told this is what God said, this is what God does, but search the scriptures. He said, For they are they which testify of me. If you know him, you're gonna love this word. If you know love him, you're gonna love the truth. Amen. That's where it's gotta be. It's gotta be, thus saith the word of the Lord. We've got to submit to God if He's gonna be Lord in our lives. Okay, back over to John seven. John seven Verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, some of these Jewish festivals lasted for several days. And he said, it says, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst. Let him come unto me and drink. He's talking about that, that desire in their heart saying, I'm not satisfied. There's more. This religious experience has me dry. Amen. It has me empty. If you're thirsty, come unto me and I'll give you a drink he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water but this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the holy ghost was not yet given because that jesus was not yet glorified what does that mean that means god was getting ready to pour out his spirit on a new testament church and hadn't done it yet they needed a savior that was crucified and risen amen he ascended into heaven, glorified. Now ascended into heaven and poured out His Spirit. Amen. And He said, "If you believe on Me, as the Scripture saith, how well He said that. Imagine that. If you believe on Me, like the Scripture saith." That means there's a lot of folks believing on him, but it's their own ways. It's their own traditions. It's it's what some false teacher, some false prophet told them, rather than, as you, if you believe on me, as the scriptures say, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That Holy Ghost is going to be given, and he's going to give it to whosoever believeth. Amen. He's going to pour his spirit out on you. It's for you. It's for you. It's for your children. It's to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's what he said in Acts, the second chapter, verse 38. As many as the Lord our God shall call. When does that end? Well, when he stops calling people. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. God will give you that that, that out of your belly flowing rivers of liver, water, living water experience. Amen. It's for you. Don't let somebody lie to you don't let somebody tell you that it's done away with Amen. oh help us Lord yes. Yes, how how do you have some of the the craziest things going on sisters talking about it's not something uncommon that, I, that nowadays somebody cussing in church preachers that, somebody somebody having homosexuals in the pulpit Search the scriptures, man. Yeah, search the scriptures. Right. Amen. amen. Carnal. Carnal shows to, the Bible says be not conformed to this world, yes. but be transformed. Right. There's a lot of times people come who love the world and the things of the world. Right. Christians, they, they want they want separation. They, they've they had enough of this world and the ways of this world. They've seen the damage that it's done to them. And they're saying, Lord, I, I want to come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. That's been nothing but death to me. But folks that love the world and the things of the world, they say, hey, you give me just one Bible verse that talks about that kind of carrying on and that kind of flesh. Shit. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world don't don't live like this like like that old you you're going to be different you're going to be transformed new creature in christ old things pass away yes, amen. amen there's going to be a different spirit in your music yes. there's going to be a different desire in what you're entertained with yes. amen we, we're we not trying to bring that in i've seen these things now and it's happening i've i just found out i've seen it online here a little while back and it's uh but I just talked to somebody the other day. They said doing in their church somewhere around here, um, taking uh, taking movies like uh, like superhero movies or Star Wars movies, and they're putting they're they're reenacting them on in, in church, and you know making Luke Skywalker or Iron Man the cross, the Jesus, and hanging them up, and mm-hmm. quoting Bible verses. And if you knew anything about some of the things that they're saying and doing in the in some of that, that's so ungodly and. Right. Antichrist, right. so much witchcraft and so much that is yeah. so much against the principles of the word of God. And we're going to mix it. We're going to we're going to bring it in because it pleases people. All right. you know, and you got Iron Man hanging up on a fence saying, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? You've blasphemed. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. And that stuff is drawn in crowds, yeah. people getting up and singing ACDC songs in church and I saw some footage here while I'll go packed out church, big mega church, singing Highway to Hell on Easter. Not a form of that with Christian lyrics. And then the coming up after it and preaching a gospel message. Well, that's what we're going to save you from. But those guys are getting into it. They were jamming. They were loving every bit of it. They weren't. I'll tell you something. That 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 hurts me. Yeah. That hurts me when you start, start taking Because if you know him. Amen. When if you know him and you love him, and the word of God says, Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We got something better than this world. We got something that is exciting. We don't have to dip down into it and try to reach people. We can lift people up, amen, into his presence, into his glory. If we could just preach how awesome he is because we know him and that you can know him, we wouldn't need to be conformed to this world. It's going to change you. It's going to change every part of you. Galatians, the first chapter. You better pray for me. Hallelujah. God, give me direction. I just want God to work. And tonight, I wasn't just sure exactly how this message was going to go, but I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. There's a lot of ways to mess up. There's a lot of ways to go wrong. This modern church era is so full of lies. Yes, so, some, of the, some of the things I see and just kind of walking through. Sometimes at Walmart, go down a book aisle and see there's a Christian section there. See some of the things that are some of these mega churches are putting out. It's just lies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes, God help us. God help us. Yes, sir. I, I picked up a book. Mr. Joel Osteen wrote here a while ago because I heard about it. And I looked at it and I said. He uh, said the power of I am. I was like, "I know the I am. All right. yeah. I know his name. Yes, I started looking through this and I found out Joel thinks he's the I am. Come on. And he starts telling other, everybody that you're the I am, too. You need to claim the I am. It's not pointing to God. I'll tell you what, they'd stone you in Bible days for using that. When Jesus stood up and said, I am, amen, I am he. They fell back on their ground because of the power that came out of that They were getting ready to stone him. You're making yourself equal to God. And they were getting ready to stone him. But you know what? They didn't realize there he was in the flesh. Amen. I saw another book here a while back. I looked into this because I heard about it. I thought, no way. No way is somebody writing this. But another mega church TV personality writing a book how the Jews don't need a Savior. They've got a covenant with God. That old covenant, that's still good for them. They don't, don't you go over there and try to tell them about Jesus and the cross? They've got a great relationship with God through the old covenant. What? How do you have two people in that church? But yet they've sold millions of copies. I'm telling you, there's so many lies. We could go on and on and on. Where do all these denominations start from? Where do all these... How, how do you have... I heard somebody say the other day, somebody talking about the Catholic Church, they said, the leader is dressed like a wizard sitting on a golden throne. If that's not a cult, what is it? I thought, well, I couldn't have said that any better myself. So many insane things going on. And... Jer- keep your finger there in Galatians. We're going to get that. But turn to Jeremiah 5. Jeremiah 5. You yeah, have somebody telling you there's a purgatory. Somebody telling you that you can pray to Mary on these beads. And say uh Somebody said, well, we don't really worship Mary. Hail Mary. Well, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Come on now. Yes, sir. How dumb do you think I am? God. I mean, I get I get a couple chapters in. Jesus is telling, them, call no man father. Right. Right. Yeah. Come on. Oh, we help us, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Jeremiah five thirty. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Yeah. That's a horrible thing. Yeah. Say it's wonderful too. No, it's just causing wonder. It's making the preacher scratch his head and say, what in the world is going on? The priests bear rule. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. They're not leaning on God's strength. And my people love to have it so. People love it. Why is there, why is there, are there mega churches? Because people will flock having itching ears in these last days. Tell me what I want to hear. False prophets in the land. You don't hear prophets anymore saying, Repent of your sins. God's judgment is on the way. Have you read any of the prophetic books? No. Right. These guys weren't popular. Right. They weren't getting a lot of likes. Right. Amen. Amen. They were they were proclaiming, Hey, judgment is coming, repent of your sins. Yeah. Amen. People are following false prophets like Nobody's business these days because it's telling them exciting things. Oh, did you hear this? is This is going to happen and that's going to help us, Lord. I don't know. I've read my Bible and the Bible tells us that we need to stay with the word. And the prophet isn't going to go against the word of God if he's a true prophet. Praise God. My Bible tells me what is going to happen in the end times. It's hard to get excited about some of it. But God's going to be good to his people. And my people love to have it so. And what will the, you do in the end thereof? Galatians 1. <clears throat> I marvel, verse 6 says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that calleth you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Right. Help us, Lord. Yeah. Another gospel. Yeah. A gospel that has no repentance. No cross, no no humility of uh, no tears at an altar, no no saying, God be merciful to me a sinner. A gospel that, that that just throws away the the Jesus word that says that we need to believe and be baptized. Amen. Throws away the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They shall speak with new tongues, Jesus said it. These signs follow them to believe. Going to cast out devils. Going to speak with new tongues. Jesus said it. We're going to throw that out. It's another gospel. Look what it said. It's not another but some trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, mm-hmm. yes. Paul put himself in it. He's not putting himself up here like I'm the authority. Paul didn't say I'm the authority. He said the word's the authority. And if I come to you and preach something different, or an angel come, and preach something different. I think I told you this before. I had somebody come to me a while back and tell me about uh, this man who he called a prophet. And I said, brother, I'm just going to give you. I could give you ten things that he has preached that are totally contrary to the word of God. That is a false prophet. And he said, that man has done more miracles than Jesus Christ. Well, when the Bible says if everything Jesus ever did was even written in a book, the whole world couldn't even hold that book. So I don't know how he knows all that, but stay with the word. If an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than we have preached, let him be what? Accursed. Help us, Lord. We said before, then so, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than we have received, let him be accursed. Do I now persuade men or God? I, like, I love that. We are sent to persuade men how awesome God is. He said, what are you trying to do? You trying to take your will and persuade God your way? How foolish. Are we persuading men or God? We're supposed to go in the world, preach the gospel. Are we trying to take our perverted gospel and tell God, you know, this is a good idea. Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It, it doesn't, you know. I heard somebody say a while back, and I can't just—I I know what they mean by it, and and I would say it maybe differently. That's the preacher stands in the pulpit, he doesn't have any friends. Now I feel differently. I feel like if somebody's anointed, they're going to be your best friend. But what they mean is, it doesn't matter if I've known you since I've been seven, or if I fish with you, or if I'm married to you. The word's still the word. It doesn't matter if you've got my last name or you've known me for a long time or you've been nice to me. I'm going to be nice to you and tell you the truth. I'm going to be your friend and tell you the word of God. Amen. For if I seek to please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. We uh, started this. Let's just get this in closing. Deuteronomy 13. You know, if you read, you'll see this from the very beginning. You'll see. The false teachers, the false prophets outnumbered the true consistently through the word of God and In God's warnings, even in the book of Matthew, the twenty fourth chapter, when Jesus is talking about end times, he says there's gonna be false false prophets. Be careful. I believe in prophecy. I believe in somebody proclaiming, Thus saith the Lord. But nobody is above God's word. And can I tell you something about God? He don't lie. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't contradict himself. So if somebody tells me God said it and it goes against any principle of the word, they're lying. If they said God said it and it doesn't come to pass, they lied because God knew. Amen. And if they say it was God and it does come to pass, well, let's read what it says. Deuteronomy 13, 1, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or wonder and a sign or wonder come to pass. There's more to the story. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known and let us serve them. What? You mean a false prophet could have a lying sign or wonder? You mean a false prophet could have some kind of spiritual insight and be right And their message be off? They're turning people away from God? What do you do with that? Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or dreamer of dreams, or the Lord your God proves thee. Hey, let me say it again. I believe in prophecies. I believe in dreams. I love it. We, We testify that around here. We're excited about that. We encourage one another with that. I'm not talking about any of that. But I'm telling you, false prophets are in the land. Don't be deceived by lying signs and wonders. The Bible talks about the Antichrist is going to come with a false prophet, called fire down out of heaven. Doesn't mean he's got to hooked up with God. Thou shalt not hearken unto that prophet or the dreamer of dreams. The Lord your God proveth you. I thank God for dreams and visions and signs and wonders. We're not against that at all, but stay with the Word. Stay with the word, stay on the foundation. Amen. If you'll go on in this and we're not gonna do it for time, but he calls he goes on and well, verse four says, Ye shall walk after the Lord your God, fear him, keep his commandments, obey his voice, ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. If you go on in this, you'll see how he said, Take that one that's telling you, even though his signs and wonders came to pass, but he's leading you off the path, stone him. <laughs> right. No, we're not stoning anybody in this dispensation of the gospel. But you understand, we don't, we, we're not going to follow false, false prophets, yeah. false teachers. going to stay with the word. Yeah. What am I saying here? If you're going to love God, you're going to know him. Right. Right. That's your desire. That's Paul's desire to know him, yeah. to walk with him. And I, I just realized more than ever before, this way is narrow. Few there be that find it. You better fall in love with this truth. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter talks about not receiving the love of the truth, being handed over to a strong delusion that they may believe a lie and be damned. Bible tells us that we are going to love that truth because you love him to love his will, to love his ways, to know him. Is how we are going to press towards that mark. Can we bow our heads in prayer? God, you're so good. Fall in love with his word. There have always been false prophets, false teachers. I'm telling you, nowadays, I was talking to a preacher friend today, talking about how now, with an internet connection, you can be connected, not only just through your television now, but through YouTube and so many other formats being in touch with so many avenues of deception. And can I tell you, you don't have to be afraid of that if you're in love with God and you're walking with him and you know him and you're solid in this word. You're going to, Try the spirits, the Bible says. You just don't believe everything that comes down the pike. You're going to try the spirits and know what's of God. You're going to hear His voice. For another, you're not going to follow. To know Him. To know Him. It's to know His voice. To be led by Him. This Word will tell you how to have a Christian home. It will tell you how to... Have a life that is fulfilled. Blessed. You say, Pastor, I've seen too many fall by the wayside. You get your eyes off the Word on circumstances, situations. See, in your battle, in your trial, God can give you Strength and comfort in His Word. Direction. Correction. In His Word. A lot of people saying a lot of different things in this day. Not everybody can be right. But God's Word. He said, let every man be liar. God be true. Oh, let's just give our hearts to Him. Let's make sure He's the one who's speaking to us. He's the one who's leading us. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, let's find a place to pray before we leave. Let's just talk to the Lord. God, help me more than ever to press toward the mark of knowing you. Sisters, right now, God. Lord, in Jesus' name. And I will learn to walk in your way. Preachers nowadays that have, Sister Daphne mentioned universalism in her testimony. Churches that are teaching there's no hell, there's no judgment. Everybody's saved. The atheist is going to heaven. The voodoo doctor and the Muslim is going to heaven. There's no such thing as being lost. Still in churches. They don't know the Word. They don't know the Bible. We want to see people saved. We want to give people the best chance they can to be saved. But you understand, Jesus is the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. He said the truth will make you free. And whom the Son has made free is free indeed. We all have a responsibility to know this book. We have a responsibility to know Him. Lord. We're living in these end times. We're living in these days full of deception. Sadly, so many calling themselves Christians love to have it so. Oh, help us God. Millionaire, billionaire preachers in this country making a fortune off of folks telling them lies so sad breaks my heart but God's got a people who are in love with him they're in tune with the voice of the Lord they hear the shepherd and another they will not follow oh Lord help us let's all stand Father thank you for loving us thank you for shining your light to us God help us Lord in this last day to be alert Lord to be vigilant As we see the deception that is just so prevalent, help us, Lord, to stay focused on your truth. Bless your people now. I pray, God, help us to shine a light to show this world the beauty that's in this gospel, God. And Lord, keep us safe as we travel. Keep us in health and protection, Lord. And just shine your light through us, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. Keep praying for Naomi and Christopher and Dalton. Reach out to them. Let them know you're praying for them when you get time.